Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. One of the most essential elements of the Christian experience is faith. And one place in particular that we see that very clearly in the Bible is the book of Romans. It's very clearly arguing that how does somebody get saved? It is by faith, not by works. But we also see it's not just by faith that we are saved, but it is by faith that we live. We live by faith. That's how we start the race. That's how we run the race. That's how we will finish the race. And in every passage that we have in our reading today, we are going to see different aspects of faith or faith illustrated in different ways. But let's start in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 10, as we look at verses 1 through 13. Now, again, at the beginning of the chapter, we're reminded that we are saved by faith. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, talking about the Israelites, the Jewish people, is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Right, The righteousness that we all need is going to be you're going to get it through faith in Christ. It is a righteousness received by faith, not a righteousness earned through the works of the law, as we have so clearly seen in the previous parts of the book of Romans. But now this next part is one of those passages that might sound really complicated and confusing, but it's actually quite simple. And it talks about the righteousness based on faith. And it says that, we'll start in verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, what is going on there? Because that raises a lot of questions. What in the world is it talking about? Asking who's going to ascend into heaven to bring Christ down or descend into the abyss to bring Christ up from the dead? What kind of spiritual mysteries are going on here? And that's where it's actually just uh, can be really simple to understand what Paul is trying to say is that to get this righteousness, you don't need to go on some kind of spiritual odyssey, right? Even if you think about that ancient story of the odyssey where Odysseus is, you know, literally traveling into the abyss and all over the world and all these adventures to find his way home. No, this righteousness doesn't require Herculean strength or some Odysseus-like adventure. It's actually available right here, right now to everyone. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is received through faith. It is not earned by works or some 
Odyssey-like journey that you need to go through to earn faith or to find faith. No, it's right here and it's available to everyone that has heard the gospel and responds to it in faith. As it says so wonderfully at the end of our passage today in verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So again, in Romans, we see another very powerful passage pointing us to the reality that the righteousness of God is received by faith, not earned through works of the law, and that salvation is available to anyone who has heard the gospel. And you don't need to go on some adventure or some quest to to find salvation or to earn salvation. No, it is available to all who would receive it by faith. Now, as we now look at Mark chapter 2, we're going to be reminded, though, that faith does lead to action. If we truly believe that Jesus is Lord, that's going to affect how we live. And we see this in what is often a very familiar story in Mark chapter 2, is Jesus heals a man who was paralyzed, a man that could not walk. And this is the story where Jesus is in a house that is so crowded, there is no way for this paralyzed man and the friends who are carrying him to get him into the house to see Jesus. But these guys, they're pretty industrious. And so they go up on the roof and they open up a hole in the roof and they lower this paralyzed man down to the feet of Jesus. I mean, what a scene that must have been. What was it like with Jesus, uh, you know, standing there, did dust start falling from the ceiling? What in the world did people think was going on as the ceiling began to open up and down came this paralyzed man? But think about that. That's a lot of effort that these guys are putting into uh, getting this paralyzed man in front of Jesus. And look at how it describes Jesus's response to what they have done. In verse five, it says, and when Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven, right? It says that Jesus saw their faith. And so even though we know that faith is available to anyone at any time, and it is something really that happens on the inside, uh, we believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead. True faith will be seen. Uh, Jesus, these people clearly believed something in their heart about Jesus, that he could heal their friend. And Jesus, he could see that faith. And he didn't need to be able to uh, see their hearts, right? And use his uh, deity, right? Because he is God to know what, what is going on in their hearts. He could see through their actions what their faith was. And even speaking of the deity of Christ, this passage might not be one of the ones that pops to your mind instantly about the deity of Christ, because it's not like John 1 saying, and the word was in the beginning with God, the word was God. But this one, look at what it says. Look how he says to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And then in verse six, it says, now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus, now he did use his omniscience. He knew what they were thinking and what they were questioning within themselves. And he goes and he proves his deity by healing this man. They weren't wrong when they were saying, who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus, by doing this miracle, shows I am God alone. 
in the flesh. And he proves his power and his authority to forgive sins. Now let's go back to the Old Testament to Joshua chapter 15. And today we're looking at verses or chapters 15 through 17. And we pick it up a little bit again with the story of Caleb. And yesterday we saw Caleb still showing this trust in the promises of God, even at an old age, to go to this difficult territory. And in chapter 15, we see how he does it. He goes there and he drives from there these three sons of Anak, who we get the the idea that these men must have been some kind of mighty warriors. And Caleb goes and he does it. Yesterday, we hear him talk about doing it. And really, he was saying, hey, God's made a promise. I'm trusting the promise. He's going to help me go out and drive these people out. And he does. A couple other things that I want us to notice from Joshua is that that faith like that is going to get passed on. And even it seems like Caleb is trying to almost invite other people into sharing that kind of faith experience, that trust in the promises of God that propels us to bold and courageous action. Because when he uh, talks about this other area, uh, this that's called Kiriath Sefer, he says, whoever strikes Kiriath Sefer and captures it to him, I will give Aksaw my daughter as wife. And I think as he's doing that, he's not doing that well, because I'm too tired and my faith is running out. I think he's like, man, I want to give someone else the opportunity to experience what this is like, trusting in God and pursuing him and acting based on his promises. And Othniel goes and, and does this. And we see Caleb now leading others. And even the next generation is his daughter. He's like, this is the kind of man that my, I want my daughter to marry. I want to have this faith and I want to see someone else with this kind of faith. And that's who I want to give my daughter to. I think that's a pretty cool story of not just the faith of Caleb, but how he is passing on that faith to future generations. And then as we go on throughout the rest of chapters 15 and 17, again, this might be a passage that you don't think of as very scintillating reading, but it's talking about the different allotments to the different tribes. And you're going to see parts of this where they do not drive out uh, the various people around them. And even sometimes it will say something like they could not drive them out. Now, what I want us to understand is why could they not do it? And what I want to suggest that even the Bible is saying, especially so close to this example of Caleb, it's not saying they could not drive them out because those other people were too mighty. I think it's really saying they could not drive them out because they didn't have enough faith. God had said they would drive them out. Even look how the passage ends when they're complaining, saying, hey, you haven't given us enough land. And part of it is, you know, these Canaanite people are are here and we can't drive them out. But it even ends by saying, for you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have chariots of iron and though they are strong. So God is continuing to communicate, trust me, fight this battle and you will win. So I think every time we see it say, oh, they could not drive these people out. I think we need to understand the reason why they couldn't drive them out is not because those other people were too strong. It was because their faith was too weak. They weren't following still the example of Caleb and the example that Caleb was trying to pass on to future generations. And maybe we see a little more of that heart that Caleb had as we wrap up today in Psalm 49. Psalm 49 verses 1 through 12. And look what it says in verse 5. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches? 
Truly, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice that he should live on forever and never see the pit. And he goes on to kind of explain his perspective of the world, but I love the way it begins there. Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? That he knows God's going to work everything out and the people that are focused on the right here, right now, well, they are going to be disappointed. And his trust is in the Lord. And so therefore he doesn't have to fear. And so there in every passage today, we're learning something about faith. Faith is how we're saved. We can't earn our salvation. We don't go on some spiritual quest to find our salvation. No, it's through the gospel. And anyone that responds in faith will, will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then we see how real faith will lead to action with those men, those friends of the paralyzed man, trusting in Jesus and doing whatever it took to get their friend in front of Jesus. And also, I hope again for the second day, we're encouraged by the example of Caleb. And hopefully we live by that kind of faith today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.